Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. One up is like that. All right, let me hear what you got. Let me hear some good stories. Let me hear some good stories. What did you want? I, I had somebody say, like, you know, hey, why's it got to be when I'm a child? I still want to. I said, I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang with me as a child. What do you remember asking for for Christmas? Uh, just shout them out. What you got over here? What? A fire truck. A fire truck. Everybody say, oh, John. You got to give him a fire truck, man. Sure make sure he's got a fire truck. All right, what you got over here? Castle Grayskull. I have the power. All right, what about in the back here? What do you got? A puppy. Oh, that's so cute. What about over here? Anything? Got anything you want to share? Barbie and the Rockers Dream Stage. That's not very specific, is it? <laughs> all right, all right. What about over this way? You got anything for us? What did you want as a kid? Anything else? Barbies, just general, huh? Or a, a pony. Anybody want a pony when they're growing up? All right, what you got up here? Anything? Stuffed animals? American Girl doll? A bicycle. Oh, that's fantastic. And what you got? Bill wanted a scooter, and Trent wanted a scooter. They wanted the same scooter, and I heard they're going to fight after church about it. G.I. Right. Joe with the Kung Fu grip, yes. That's it. I remember when I was a little kid. I remember when I was a little kid. Uh, I wanted a boombox, man. I wanted uh, my own stereo that I could put my tapes in. I know I'm old. Leave me alone. Children, tapes are these little rectangles. And they had sound in them. It was magical. I wanted one that I could put in my room. I could turn up. I could take places. And this was a time where, like, you wanted to be able to, like, take it a place. So you had to get eight D batteries. This, you remember what I'm talking about? Like, everything took these giant, massive batteries. I got my, I, I was wanting a boombox, wanting a boombox, wanting a boombox. So I'm like, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Santa, come on, please, somebody, anybody, give me a boombox. And I remember Christmas morning, I came down, I was fired up. Looking at the tree, I'm like, not a boombox. Also not a boombox. I'm running out of boxes to look at. Also not a boombox. We got through the whole Christmas, and I'm like, all right, this is a great Christmas. Mom and Dad are sitting there, and, uh, and Dad's like, um, I, you know, I don't even know if you remember this. It's my dad right here. I don't even know if you remember this. He's like, uh, son, what's that, uh, what's that box right over there behind? It's like between the couch and the wall. And I was like, oh, yes. And I ran over, and guess what it was? It was my boombox. I know, I usually set you guys up like that. It was amazing. It was the best Christmas ever. But maybe the best moment, I think the best moment for me, about knowing what you want for Christmas, actually showed up to me in one of these movies. So we got a movie clip. I'm going to show it to you. You probably know what this is. You may even be able to say it with him. Down. It's like the Barbie, what was it? The rocking Barbie and the Rockers dream stage. Yeah, I mean, like he knew exactly what he wanted. I mean, he was absolutely right on it. He knew. Now, here's my question for you, and I wanted you to take a second. Now, this is kind of fun. Take just a second and talk to each other about what do you want now? Ready, set, go.
All right, let me hear from you. All right, team, let me hear from you, church. What do you want now? Start on this side. Financial stability. Somebody say amen. Come on, son. What else we got here? What do you want now? Oh, our daughters to know the story. Everybody say amen. What you got over here? What you want now? I can't see you real well, so you got to just shout them out. Legos. Grandpa, can you handle that? Okay, awesome. What do you want now? To travel with family. Yeah, what do you want now? My kids to come to church. Somebody say preach. Mm. Christmas time, I think we ask that a lot, right? What do you want for Christmas? You hear that all the time. What do you want for Christmas? What do you want to get? And, and I, it seems like when people ask me that, it's always in the moment where, like, it's like my wife is like, okay, so we, we never really know, like, we're not really thinking about stuff. We, we're not like, uh, we don't need a lot of things. And she's like, so, so Matt, what do you want for Christmas? And every time she asks me, I'm like, um, uh, socks? I mean, I could use more socks, I guess. <laughs> like, I never know exactly. And I feel like it's because, like, I feel like I got everything I need. You know, clearly not enough Legos in our house. <laughs> but I feel like I got everything that I need. This week we're reading about somebody who had it all, who had everything that they could want, all the things that they could have wanted for as a child, a fire truck, the Barbie, again, what is the thing again? Barbie and the Rockers dream stage. And I just wanted her to say it four times just so y'all know how serious she was about it. About it. What's that? You have it? You got it? Yes. We're getting to see Barbie and the Rockers dream stage. But this guy had it all. This is King Solomon. He had it all. Today we're reading about Solomon. He literally had it all. It even, you, you, it, it spans the entirety of scripture, the, sort of the story that is of Solomon. Does anybody have um, a life verse? Anybody got a life verse? It's like this is your verse that you repeat, you know all the time. Anybody got a life verse? Just, what is it right here? Okay. Roman, Romans 11, 18. What, what's the gist? <laughs> it's my life verse, though. We'll give you another chance in a minute. All right, what else? What? Ooh, good. Yes, I love it. I love it. All right, what else we got over here? Life verses. Anybody got one? Live by faith, not by sight. Beautiful. Anybody got any other ones? Man, my favorite growing up was uh, Matthew 6, 26 through 34. If you remember, that's right in the middle of Matthew, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. And he's talking about all kinds of stuff. And he talks about the, um, you know, not to worry, not to get stuck in the little things and not worrying about how God's going to ultimately provide. And he says, look at, you know, the birds of the air. They, they don't have to put together, like, fields and, and they, don't, they don't toil and they don't put things together to make sure that they have food. Yet every single day, God feeds them, right? And then he says, and it's so cool, he says, look at the flowers, the lilies of the field, sometimes it's translated, and it says, not even King Solomon in all his glory had clothes as beautiful as one of these. And Jesus is trying to make the point because they would know King Solomon's story and the amazing wealth and abundance that this guy had. He had it all. Dude was, in the words of uh, John Ralphio, this is for my millennial friends. I am flush with cash. That's King Solomon. For those of you who don't know what that is, Parks and Rec, 
get, get, get with it, pop culture, a little bit. All right, why, you ask, why? There's a lead-in verse. It comes right before we read our scripture. There's a lead-in verse that says that he made an alliance with Pharaoh, King Solomon. Now, everybody gasp and say, what? You're not participating, left side. Say, what? I mean, can you believe this? Do we hear a whole lot about the Pharaoh? Is Pharaoh typically the good guy? Everybody say, no, this isn't a good guy, but he made an alliance with Pharaoh. This is the kind of thing that King Solomon was able to do. In that time, there was a real desire for peace. Too many people have died. Too many bad things have happened. And all of a sudden, he was finding all of these alliances, even so much with the Pharaoh, which is absolutely crazy. We know all the stuff that he did, but that's one of the ways that he was able to grow this kingdom. More riches, more power, peace, and prosperity forever, ever. It has never been that good in the history of the world. Even today, there was not that much peace and wealth, and riches, and power in God's people. Let's read 1 Kings 3, 5 through 15. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, listen to this, read this out loud together. Ready, set, go. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. That's crazy. Solomon answered, you've shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in a place of my father David. But I am only a little child, and I don't know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Imagine that. Ask me whatever you want. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administrating justice, I'll do what you have asked. I'll give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I'll give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke, and he realized <laughs> it had been a dream. Anybody ever had those dreams where you found $10,000? <laughs> he returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's government, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He gave a feast for all in his court. Only the thing was, it wasn't a dream. This is a crazy thing. Solomon, what do you want? Bill, what do you want? An orange razor scooter. What, what do you want? You want a bar I'm sorry, I'm, I'm messing it up again. Barbie and the Rockers dream stage. Travel with your family. Thanks for letting me pick on you today. I want to travel with my family. I want financial stability. I want health. I want everything to just settle down. You could have anything. You got a blank check, Solomon. You want more land? You got it. You want another house? You got it. You want another wife? You got it. You want better armies? More food? You got it. Dude had want for nothing. He could have asked for anything, but a beautiful thing happened. Okay, Lord, I hear you. I want your wisdom. 
as someone reading this, I'm like, isn't the answer always when they say, like, what do you want me to give to you? I'd give to you anything. The answer is always, I want an endless number of wishes. See, I would have won. Okay, okay, I get it. That's not the point. Has anybody ever asked you that, though? Like, that they were going to give you something or grant you some sort of request, and you knew that they had the ability to do it? Anybody ever had that happen in their life? And that feeling must be incredible. To stand in front of somebody that could actually do all the things that you ask would be incredible. So here's a fun test. What would you say if God asked you that question? If God asked you, what is the one thing that you want? I'll give it to you. Would some of you ask for health? Or health of a family member? Or success? Or money? Or maybe fame? Or maybe a restored relationship? Or maybe, God, just give me a great big do-over. That's precisely where Solomon is. He could ask for anything. Anything. But he asked for wisdom to rule God's kingdom. He asked for a gift, not ultimately for himself, but for others' benefit. Now keep that one in your mind for a second as we look at a gospel text in Luke chapter 1. Everybody turn over in your Bibles what you brought today in Luke chapter 1, 39 through 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town to the hill called Hill Country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. This is a beautiful moment. When these two women come together, this is like the, the, the epitome of an Advent scripture. Where we're just on the cusp of waiting for what's going to happen next. In the womb is John. And we know what John is going to do. And in the other womb is Jesus, the son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. What a moment. And what an incredible gift for both of them to receive. But yet... Elizabeth was old, and yet was still given a child. Mary's gift is even more scary. They're going to be on the run, and we all know how that story goes. But what an incredible gift. Here's the thing, though. Just like with Solomon, they're given these great gifts, but those gifts ultimately aren't for them. Amen? What might life look like if the gifts that we wanted we wanted completely for the benefit of others. John was given to the world to get ready for Jesus. Jesus took on the sin of the world for us all. We know what happened, right? He taught, loved, healed, then died and rose from the dead. It might give us an entirely new perspective. But first, it means seeing that we've already been given some amazing gifts. We've got another video we're going to run real quick. I'm alive! 
It's a, great, it's a great video, isn't it? How many of you guys have seen that come around your Facebook feed? What's really cool is that was actually shot by um, uh, one of the guys that does all of our film, Will Morris. He actually did that film with a guy named Matt Noon. That's a local, uh, local congregation that put that together. But it's a great video because it helps us to see and think about all the things that are already around us. I mean, close your eyes for just one second. Bear with me. I'm not going to throw water on you or anything. Don't worry. It's not a trick. <laughs> close your eyes and think through your day. When you woke up this morning, and you started getting ready, all the gifts, and can you see them? How often we take for granted that our power works and our water works, and there are people in our lives that we get to be around, that we get to get in a car, make our way to a place where we can openly worship free. You can open your eyes. I hear some of you like, geez, pastor, way to screw up Christmas. <laughs> we could get stuck there, right? But that's not the point. We could get stuck right there, but the point is ultimately always in this season. Advent is a season called a penitential season. Everybody say penitential season. And what that means is that this season, much like the other one that comes right before Easter, anybody know what that season is called? All together, it's in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. It's a penitential season. It reminds us who we are and how much we are in need of a Savior. It's a time when we think about all the things that we got, these wonderful gifts and blessings, but yet none of them are ultimately as important to us as Jesus the Savior. It's to remind us to return to Jesus, to look for Jesus in our lives, to look for how Jesus is at work doing amazing things in our lives, to realize that there's no greater gift than God's grace, God's mercy, and God's salvation, but it gets even better better. Remember when we talked about asking God for anything? Do you remember? It was just like a couple of minutes ago. Some of you were asleep, but now you're not. <laughs> Jesus, remember how we wanted healing? If we could ask God for anything, Jesus is the almighty healer. We remember about wanting ultimately just to have a do-over? In Christ, it says we are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. How about bringing somebody back that you lost, a restored relationship, or seeing somebody that maybe you lost a long time ago? Have you ever heard of resurrection and promise and life and new? 
This is who Jesus is. In him there is eternal life, wisdom, grace, and healing more than enough for all of us. You see, that's who God is. That's what this season is all about. It's about knowing that God one day will bring the fullness of the kingdom. But in the meantime, our call is to look for those moments of joy, those gifts around us, to see God already at work in the community that surrounds us, in the families that we have, in the work or life or even the electricity or even the water that runs through our sinks. What a gift it is. Our call is to look for joy, not just in what we get, though, but like Solomon, Mary, and Elizabeth, what we give. See, here's the good news. Every once in a while, this just strikes me, and I, I, I don't know why I don't think about it more often. I feel like I should probably think about it every time I think about Jesus. But Jesus is the Son of God, which means that Jesus had anything that he could want. Anything. Power. Wealth. Resources beyond measure. An infinite God incarnate means that he could have anything at his command. And yet Jesus chose to give himself completely away. That's what Advent, that's what Advent this time is all about, is looking for the inbreaking of God's kingdom, looking for those moments where we get to see God at work in our lives, hoping and waiting for the fullness of God when God returns in all his glory and makes everything new. And in the meantime, it's all about choosing those opportunities to use our gifts the way that Jesus used his. So I'll ask again, what would happen if those of us who have were to think more like Solomon. Not just about Christmas time, but all the time. Not just those of us who has stuff, but those of us who are wealthy in lots of other ways that we would ask for and seek out ways to care for others who lack that in which we are wealthy. If you're wealthy in finances, brothers and sisters, find those who aren't and help care for their needs. If you're wealthy in happiness, look for those who are grieving, who are sad. If you're wealthy in grace, pour it out for those who need way more of it. If you're wealthy in hope, look for the hopeless, the deserted, the lost. If you're wealthy in love, look for those who are hurting or broken. If you're wealthy in your faith, find those who in particular this time of year can't find the words to pray, can't find the words to sing. There are so many of us in this room. I know your stories. I've heard your stories. The broken hearts that are in this place. That this time of year can just, oh, just push right on that wound. So those of you that are in this room and worshiping online, the opportunity that we have 
is to love into the lives of those around us. So those of you that are wealthy in hope, grace, love, faith, pour into those who are hurting around you. That's why you are wealthy in hope. That's why you are wealthy in love and grace and mercy and faith. And like Solomon, Mary, and Elizabeth, it's in that moment that you're going to see Advent face to face. It's in that moment that you're going to see the inbreaking of God's kingdom face to face. And then joy is going to pour out like never before. What a gift. What a gift. What a gift. It is to give. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, it doesn't feel some days like we have much to offer, but you've given us all a bit of wealth in some particular way. And it's not meant for us, as you tell us, to just store up in storehouses for ourselves. In the same way that the hurt that we bear is not meant for us to go off into a dark room alone and claim it and try to fix it by ourselves. You call us together in community. You call us together around your word and your sacrament, your table of forgiveness and grace and mercy to know that we are not enough. And in the places that we have more than enough, it was never for us in the first place. So God, call us out and then call us out to be your people to see the inbreaking of your kingdom, to be your people, to share your joy. What a gift, what a gift, what a gift it is, Lord, to give. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's children say, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.